Hello everyone, this is God Talk with Tara, and I'm Tara. Um, I'm going to keep this kind of short tonight, and please forgive me if there winds up being any background noise. It is late on a Friday, and my mother has come to visit and is sleeping in the room that I normally use for this. And, um, and in all honesty, it is going to be a short night, but I could not let the day go by without speaking to you of God. So let us begin once this, again, as always, with prayer, and we'll move on from there. Father God, I thank you for all that you do. I thank you for the miracles that you work. I thank for the ways that you move among your people, Lord God, that you move in the situations, and that you are faithful, Father, even when we're not. That you are faithful, Lord, in the moments where we are struck, by the consequences of actions we have taken when we feel stuck and alone and broken. And Father, that you lift us down, lift us up out of that, that you come and you reach for us when we are buried in our own mess, in the miry clay, as they put it. Um, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your goodness and your grace. I thank you that when you, when you choose, Father, to redeem us, that there is a fullness to that redemption that reverberates throughout all of our lives. I thank you for that, Father, and I just praise you for the ways in which you have shown forth your love, your power, your grace, and your mercy today. We ask that you would bless this time, Lord God. I ask that you would make me small, that you would make Jesus big, that we would hear your words tonight. I ask in Jesus' name and by your spirit and all for your honor and glory. Amen. So today has been a day of, of God's faithfulness. Um, most of the story is not mine to tell. And so I won't share too much other than I have a child who has been stuck for quite a number of years as a consequence of, of mistakes made. Um, and I have been delighted to walk alongside him and see how God has used his circumstance to grow him and to shape him into a man of great faith and great love and great joy. And it has been my blessing to walk with him through that and to be his mom. And today is a day of deliverance. Today is a day where the Lord has set him free of so many things. And today is a day that we have prayed for a long time for. And so I am just blown away by God today. Uh, so I could not, as my, my heart and my mind really wanted to tonight, because it has been a long day, uh, a beautiful and joyous day, but a long day. Um, I could not just go to bed without speaking of God's faithfulness. So tonight, I am actually going to touch on a couple of scriptures, and we're going to move through them very quickly. Um, and I'm going to talk about this because here's the truth. There is not a one of us who is not faced with something in our past that we have done that haunts us and hurts us and that we need to give over to God. And so we're going to look real quick at Moses 
and we're going to look real quick at Hosea. Um, so Moses was born in a time when God's people were enslaved in Egypt. They'd been enslaved for 400 years. Um, and the ruler in Egypt who had known Joseph and who had appointed him as the um, highest man in the, the land just under Pharaoh and had invited the Hebrew people, Jacob's, Jacob's family, to come and live in Egypt to escape the famine, that Pharaoh had been long since dead and had forgotten who the people of, of God were, the Pharaohs in Egypt. And there arose a cruel Pharaoh who had made the lives of the Hebrew people miserable because he was threatened by their multitudinous um, force. And so Moses comes at this time where Pharaoh is trying to reduce the number of the Hebrews by killing off their baby boys um, and is heaping more and more work upon them. And God raises up Moses to deliver his people. And Moses grew up in, in Pharaoh's household, and most of you would know the story. And if you don't, I encourage you to go to the beginning of Exodus and read the whole thing. Um, but here in Exodus 2, Moses has grown into a man, and he recognizes that he is a Hebrew, even though he grew up as an Egyptian. And when he, he has grown up, he goes out to his people and looks on their burdens. And as he does this, he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people, so we're in chapter 2, verse 12, and he's, it says, He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together, and he, he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? And he answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now I'm going to stop there as far as the scripture goes. Moses spends 40 years in exile. He fled out of his home. He fled away from his, his Hebrew people. He fled away from Pharaoh. He went to the land of Midian. Um, and he becomes a shepherd over another man's flock of sheep. And for 40 years, he is in the desert. But God had made a promise. He had made a promise that Moses would be his man to deliver his people. And so one day Moses is walking around with his sheep out in the, the wilderness up there. Um, and he sees this bush that's on fire and not burning up and he turns aside and he goes to the bush and he is suddenly confronted with the Lord so the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see and God called to him out of the bush Moses Moses and he said here I am and then God said do not come near take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground and he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. 
And then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and heard their cries because of their taskmasters. We're going to skip ahead here. And he says in verse 10, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Egypt? And God said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And we're going to stop there as well. So what I want us to see here with Moses is that Actually, we're going to go just a little bit further. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God gives Moses his name here in this space. This is the name Yahweh. And so this man who murdered another man, which was not allowed in any of the civilizations, he murdered another man. He was chased out of his homeland as a murderer and was a lowly shepherd of another man's flock, is visited by God and he is elevated. God comes and speaks to him one-on-one. -on -one he tells him his name, and then he sends him back to Pharaoh, and Moses leads his people out of Egypt, all of them, and God does mighty and wondrous things, and he uses Moses and all of the things he learned in the wilderness to shape the people of Israel into the people that God has called them to be. And so that's Moses. There's another one I want to kind of look at here, too. So we have Hosea. And in the beginning of Hosea, we get the weird story. It's a strange story. It's God tells the prophet Hosea to go and marry a prostitute and have children with her. And in so doing, he... Um, sorry about that. Noises in the background. Kind of distracted. In the process of this, this woman comes and they have children and then she leaves him for other men. And God had told Hosea that this might happen and would happen because the relationship that Hosea had was a symbol of God's relationship with Israel. That God was faithful to Israel and yet Israel was not faithful to them, to him. That Israel would turn away to other gods. And in chapter 3 of Hosea, after Hosea has been humiliated by Gomer after he has um, had his wife leave him and, and go with other men. Um, the Lord sends him back to her. And in chapter 3, we pick this up with, And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So I bought her for fifteen shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. And I said to her, You must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be to you. 
For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. And afterward the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. Now this is a story of Israel having been delivered out of Egypt. They were delivered from Pharaoh. They were given over into the land of Canaan. They were given a land of milk and honey, of massive fruit, of buildings they had not had to build. The Lord had gone before them in conquest and had delivered the land into their hands. And even in all of that, the people kept turning to other gods. They kept turning to idols. They kept turning away from the Lord and doing things that he had commanded them not to do. They kept doing things that demonstrated their lack of love for him, their lack of care for him, their lack of love for one another, their lack of mm, holiness, as God had called them to be holy, their lack of faithfulness. And that's really what it was. They were faithless people. They were faithless people that kept turning away and doing wrong. And Hosea and Moses and Peter and all of the disciples, actually, and Paul and you and my myself, we are all examples of what this looks like, of God's reaction to our faithlessness. God's reaction to the faithlessness of humankind, the faithlessness of Adam and Eve as they disobeyed, as they dwelt in paradise where they had been given everything and they rejected God's one and only command to them. The faithlessness that broke creation, that broke relationship with the Father, that broke relationship with one another, that broke relationship with creation itself. The faithlessness of humankind, that means that we are constantly drawn away from the Lord. And so frequently we willingly follow those temptations. God's response was the cross. God's response was Jesus Christ. God's response was to come and buy us in our misery, in our brokenness, in our wretchedness of standing on the slave block, naked and beaten and broken and bleeding. God came to buy us back. And not only did he buy us back, he didn't treat us as slaves. He bought us back and said, you must dwell as mine for many days. And it wasn't, you must dwell as mine, as my slave. It was, you must dwell as mine, as my wife. And I will be to you that way as well. I will be your husband. You will be my wife. And that was the Lord. The Lord came back repeatedly to redeem Israel out of its brokenness, out of its faithlessness. He sent Jesus to redeem the world out of its faithlessness. To put in them, to put in us, to put in you and I, 
the Spirit of God, which brings us to Galatians 5, where the Holy Spirit dwells in us and in the fruit of the Spirit, we receive what God is. So the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The Spirit of God is those things. God is those things. He is love and he is joy and he is peace. And he is patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. God is faithful. And because that he sacrificed Christ to allow us to be in relationship with him and allow his spirit to dwell in us, he puts his faithfulness in us. So that we don't have to keep turning away. And he is faithful when we have been broken, when we have been faithless, when we have done the things we should not do, when we have screwed up and sinned, when we have screwed up and fallen down, when we have done things that we should not have done, we have made our own messes. God does not require that we lay down in the bed that we have made and die or suffer in misery. He says to us, I know that you have been faithless. I know that you have done wrong. I know that you have messed up, screwed up. I know that you deserve the misery you find yourself in. And I have sent my son to redeem you. I have sent my son in my faithfulness, in my promises to you. I have sent my son to redeem you out of the pit that you have dug for yourself, out of the pit that you have climbed into and covered yourself over in. I have sent my son into the pit with you because you have buried yourself so deep. I have sent my son into the pit with you to carry you out to make you mine because you must live with me for many days today I am rejoicing that God has once again proved his faithfulness that he redeems us not just from the things that happen to us, but from the things that we do ourselves, from the goofs that we have, from the sins that we have, from the disasters we wreak upon ourselves, from the miserably bad decisions, God redeems us. And in that redemption is not just a matter of rescuing us and leaving us in slavery. He restores us. To relationship with him. He restores us to relationship with others. He restores us in this process of redemption and calls us to continue to be his child, to continue to be his bride, to continue to be in relationship with the Most High God. 
and to allow him to dwell in us so that we don't have to be unfaithful anymore. We don't have to make decisions that lead us into bad places. That we can resist temptation and we can fall upon the Lord and love him. I am grateful today for God's faithfulness. And I pray today that wherever you find yourself, whatever hole you have dug, whatever mess you have made, whatever unforgivable sin you have committed, I pray that you would understand that you are not outside the love of God. I pray that you would understand that it is not hopeless, no matter how dark it seems. I pray that you would understand that there is no one that is outside the love of Christ. You just need to lay yourself down for him. You just need to put yourself in his hands and trust that he loves you and that, yes, you, he came to redeem you if you will believe and if you will profess him as Lord, make him the boss of you. He will redeem you out of whatever it is. I find it interesting that as I say that, I, I come back to this list. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. These are the works of the flesh. They are the that they're the things that we do. The things that before we are in Christ, we fall into just regularly. We don't even see the problem a lot of times. And after we are in Christ, we still wrestle sometimes and falter. But Paul says we don't have to stay there. And Jesus says we don't have to stay there. God is faithful to rescue us. There is nothing on your list of sins. There's nothing on your list of sins that cannot be overcome by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit in you that rose him from the grave. So I pray tonight that you would know that. I pray that you would rejoice tonight in God's faithfulness, even when you have been unfaithful. He's waiting for you to turn. Seek him and he will be found by you. And know that he loves you and he desires to restore you. If you only cooperate with that and allow it. I praise you. I, I praise you, Lord, tonight. I thank you, Father, for your graciousness, for your goodness, for your love. Lord God, I pray for all those listening tonight, whatever it is that is in their hearts right now. That deep, dark thing the secret way down at the bottom that they just don't want anyone to see, that they don't imagine that you can look upon and still love them. Lord, I pray you would free them from that. The thing that they have done in the past that they think holds them back and makes them untouchable and unworthy 
of being blessed in this life, of being on a clean slate and able to begin again. Father, I pray that you would help them to see themselves as you see them, to know that they have been forgiven and that they have been washed clean and that they can walk in the power of your spirit. Father, I pray you would do that for each person listening. And for those, Lord God, who know the joy of your faithfulness and who know that you have rescued them, and who live in that beauty and that grace and the wonder, Father God, of your restoration, I pray that you would give us the boldness and the strength to share that hope as often as we can with whoever will listen so that they will know that you are faithful even in our unfaithfulness and that you will help us, Father God, to be faithful because you are faithful. And you desire us, Lord God, to come to you. So much so, Father, that you made a way. Lord, let us rest in that. We ask tonight in Jesus' name and by your spirit and all for your honor and glory, Lord. Amen. Be blessed and be a blessing.